Sometimes you see that I'm mad Don't you know no one alive can always be an angel When everything goes wrong you see some bad Produced at the studios of KBOO Radio in Portland, Oregon, this is Prison Pipeline. I'm Doug McVeigh. Prison Pipeline presents a unique perspective of the criminal justice system, addressing the root causes of crime, and broadening understanding of the institution of incarceration. We seek to promote awareness and activism in order to foster a safe, healthy, and just society. The Behavioral Health Resource Center in Southwest Portland provides vital services to people in need. The center only opened in December of 2022, though Multnomah County started the process to open the center several years ago. So now it's been open for just over a year, and to learn more about the center, I spoke recently with John Carp Evans from the Mental Health and Addictions Association of Oregon. My name is John Carp Evans. Uh, I'm the Senior uh, Program and Operations Director uh, at the BHRC, the Behavioral Health Resource Center uh, for Mental Health and Addiction Association of Oregon. Um, John, I guess let's let's start. Tell us about yourself. How did you um, how did you get involved in uh, behavioral health and the uh, the the mental health and addictions field? For sure, yeah. Thank you. Um, so, uh, being a person in recovery, uh, several several years ago, I was out of work, uh, construction worker, laid off. Um, had a friend say, "You should think about being a recovery mentor." Uh, no clue what that looked like, but sounded interesting. I was passionate about the recovery world and I applied and got hired, um, not knowing anything, not with any experience um, and actually did a prison transition uh, for several years, uh, meeting folks in the penitentiaries throughout the state of Oregon, uh, providing release plans for them and then picking them up at the gate. Um, and helping assist them um, in their early days, um, transitioning from prison back to the real world and, and loved it, thrived in it. Um, at the same time, peer work started becoming a real thing. Um, one day we were actually told, hey, you need, you need to go to this training to get certified as a peer after I've been doing it for several, <laughs> quite a while. Um, but at, from there, you know, I kept going. Um, I worked at Central City Concern for several years. Um, doing similar housing uh, types for individuals involved in the criminal justice system. Uh, from there, went to Multnomah County and worked in the behavioral health department, uh, working with individuals that struggled with mental health and addiction involved in the criminal justice system. And about eight months ago, I uh, ended up going to Mental Health and Addiction Association of Oregon uh, to be a senior director for the Behavioral Health Resource Center, which is uh, peer-developed, peer-ran, day drop-in center uh, in the heart of Multnomah County. Okay, so I want to ask you about the peer mentoring and the peer work, um, obviously, but before we get there, um, Behavioral Health Resource Centers, um, what what is that? What is it? What is a PHRC? Yeah, so the Behavioral Health Resource Center um, is a day, it, actually, it's a building. It's a five-story building um, that Multnomah County uh, did lots and lots and lots of work on, uh, done tons of stakeholder groups with peers in the community, uh, the Office of Consumer Engagement through Multnomah County and other departments worked uh, for years to figure out how to develop a peer-developed, peer-ran day center 
uh, to meet individuals in our city that needed support the most, uh, our most vulnerable populations, and really have this non-clinical space to come in and do nothing or come in and try to do everything. Um, it's really the lowest of the low barrier. Hey, where are you at? What can we help you with? Does it go, I need a chair to sit in. I need a shower. I need laundry. I need help with shelter. I need help with SUD services. I need help with mental health services. But really, it's a low barrier drop-in center. Um, and that's the part the MHAO runs. There's also housing um, that's ran upstairs. That's ran through Do Good Multnomah. Uh, there is a contract with a subcontractor that does janitorial and also a subcontract with a security partner. So it's really four subcontractors uh, working together to have this one program uh, to help some of the most challenging folks in our community and vulnerable folks that need services the most. I, you know, I want to ask you about some of the services, too. Before we get there, the um, you mentioned you said it's a low barrier resource center. Now, for the benefit of folks in the audience who aren't aware, what what's meant by a low barrier? I mean, it sounds sounds pretty self-explanatory, but you know, what is that? Yeah, so our goal is to help everyone and anyone um, that needs help. So uh, the, all we require to enter the day center portion is the name you give us, and that's it. Um, you don't have to have ID, you don't have to be clean and sober, you don't have to be connected to any kind of services. You have to say, hey, I want to come in and this is my name. And that is the only requirement for entry. So, you know, the, the barriers to enter are slim to none. Um, I, I like to say we're below low barrier because there's really, I mean, we're not, we're not even checking ID, right? And so, um, you know, the name you give us is the name we use and you can enter the facility. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um peer mentors. Um what what are they? How do how do they help in this whole process? Yeah, so, you know, MHAO is a peer agency. Um our our service delivery is individuals with lived, with lived experience meeting other individuals that have similar uh life experiences and supporting them through our own experience. You know, um, individual, you know, substance abuse, houselessness, mental health challenges, anything, you know, any kind of struggle. Um, we're using our own lived experience to meet that person eye to eye and really show them, hey, these are the this is what worked in my life. These are the challenges that I had. These are the things I overcame. These are the steps I took. How can I assist you knowing that I have some kind of experience similar, you know, maybe not exactly the same, but I've gone through these experiences of substance abuse, of houselessness, of mental health challenges, and I've been able to make the changes I want in my life or attempt to make those changes due to having support of someone in my corner that was a peer that helped guide me through this process. Right on, right on. Um, what are some of the peer support, what are some of the peer support services um, that you provide? Yeah, so I, I think there, there's a range of things, you know, in the day center. Uh, I think the first thing we provide is a warm, welcoming hello. Um, you know, we most people we know by first name, and if we don't, we learn it very quickly. And so, you know, a lot of folks that come into our center, that's the one thing they always say is like, man, someone greeted me, someone talked to me, you know, this, this we had this human interaction, uh, which for a lot of folks we work with isn't the case. You know, we have folks 
running them out of in front of businesses, restaurants, you know, other things where, hey, when someone says, hello, how's your day going and genuinely means it, that's a huge thing right there. So I would say that's that's the first peer service we offer is that humanizing individuals that have struggles in their life, right? And realizing they're people just like us. And so how can we meet them on that level and really start to build that rapport? Um, outside of that, you know, we have showers, we have laundry service, we have computers to access, we have phones, um, we have a mail service. Uh, one of our big services is mail. Uh, you know, to get an ID in Oregon, you have to have a mailing address. To respond to SSI and SSD, social security stuff, you have to receive the mail. Uh, food stamp stuff is done by mail. Uh, you know, so OHP mail. Right. And so all these services that help an individual and that are keys to getting into shelter, getting into substance abuse treatment, getting health care, getting mental health treatment, all these things that you need to actually get into those facilities or those programs, you have to use mail. Right. And so when when folks don't have a mailing address, it's very challenging to even make those first couple steps. And so we have mailing service. Um and then we just have peers. So we have peers that are floating throughout the facility. Everyone that works there is a peer, but we also have floating peers who aren't maybe checking you in, but are, hey, how's your day going? Hey, what's the shelter situation look like? Do we need to fill out a referral? Hey, you lost your ID. Let's help get a voucher for a new one. You're interested in detox services? Okay. I know of these detoxes that have beds. Let's fill out, figure out a way to get you there. And so really we have, you know, a staff of folks that have been there, that have the lived experience, that are rich in the knowledge of services in the community and the challenging processes to get there. Um, it, it's one thing to know, oh, hey, here's a detox, but what insurance do you have to have? What days do they do intakes? How are we actually physically gonna get you there? What can we do to keep you safe for a day or two or a week if it takes that long to get you there? And so really, you know, the peers, um, throughout this company, um, but also at the BHRC, you know, have that lived experience, have knowledge of services, but really also have knowledge of the pathways and the things it takes to take advantage of those services. Makes sense. Anybody could just, anybody could sit in a, could sit at a desk and read off a list or, you know, it's like, okay, you're this, 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 well, it looks like this is where you need to go. But you take, somebody who's got experience with these systems and has actually and actually knows the ropes and understands what that person is going through they're going to be able to offer a whole heck of a lot more help than just ticking something off a list see that's uh, so so now your bridge housing you mentioned you mentioned housing a moment ago you, you have a bridge housing how does that work what is that so uh there's two housing programs at the bhrc MHAO does not technically run either of those housing programs. So they're connected to the facility. Uh, Do Good Multnomah is the contractor provider that offers those, uh, but they are short-term shelters. Um, you know, I don't want to give um, information about them since it's not my company, but there are programs that are accessible through the day center, through other routes in the community to offer short-term shelter to help assist people into the next level of care they need. And there's also a mental health shelter that's similar, right? So, so Do Good Multnomah has clinical staff. So MHAO has no clinical staff for all peers delivering peer service. Folks that get into the Do Good programs have options to connect with clinical staff through Do Good. Okay. So, well, that's right on. 
Right on. I imagine that folks in the public would be probably concerned if the only kind of um, if the only you know folks who were available to help were peer specialists as opposed to mental health counselors and such. And knowing that that service is available, I realize that you're not the you're not the organization providing it. But knowing that that's also available through the center is probably. I mean, that's that. yeah. And, and I would say to that point, we do a lot of linkage. So a lot of the work we do in the day center, non-clinical, non-clinical peers, but say, hey, do you need such treatment? Let's get you with the clinician. Hey, do you need mental health care? Hey, let's get a referral into X and Y, Z where they have clinical staff. And so a lot of our work is helping support individuals, A, to the process of getting involved in clinical care, but also the support of our own experience of what it looked like for us to be involved with clinical care, right? That's a big step going from, hey, I have nothing, or hey, I'm working with a peer who knows me and identifies with me, to, hey, I'm gonna go sit with a quote unquote professional, right? And do this clinical process. And so a lot of our work is sharing our experience and then helping link to that next level of care. So, you know, I don't I don't want to say that, you know, clinical care is valuable, right? And clinical services are valuable, um, but also so is getting someone to that point, right? And, and that's a key point for a peer is that how can we help someone through that process of being able to be vulnerable, being able to commit to something, being able to take that next step and really provide that linkage. See, that's it, it, measure 110, I mean, I, I, I supported, voted for it, absolutely. Measure 110, Drug Addiction Treatment and Recovery Act, I mean, it decriminalized simple possession of most drugs, which, which is a good step. But the, the but people who use drugs are st- still criminalized. They're still treated as others. They're still stigmatized. They're still brutalized. You know, it, I mean, it's got to be hard for anyone who's working within the system to establish trust among people who are unhoused, people who use drugs, people with mental illness, just because of how they are, just because of how we're treated. I mean, it, uh, so can you talk for a moment about stigma, a little more about stigma and, and how you've been able to overcome that and, and gain the trust of people to actually get them using the center and, and taking advantage of your services that you provide? Yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, this, this stigma has been there forever in my experience. Um, you know, it's 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 there, it's real. Um, and I think a perfect example of the BHRC and helping break down some of that stigma, um, we have an outreach van um, that's on 5th, Northwest 5th and Northwest Gleason, um, 365 days a year um, at 6 a.m. And we have coffee and that's where we do all our screening and referrals and everything for the day center. And we see a lot of folks that stop by, maybe wave, maybe keep walking at three, four days later, they say hi. A week later, they ask for a cup of coffee. A week later, they say, hey, what are you doing here? And we explain the day center. A week later, they get a ticket. And then maybe a week later, they make it in, right? And so I I think that the way um, through peer delivered service and the way that we break down some of that stigma is we're there, right? We're on the ground. We're there every day. The BHRC is open 365 days a year. Um, You know, on Christmas, we were there. On New Year's Day, we were there. On Thanksgiving, we were there. Um, And we're in the community showing individuals there is an opportunity. Um, And when they want that opportunity, we're going to be there to support them. You know, um, we're not making people go. We're not saying you have to get a ticket if you want a cup of coffee. We're not doing those things. We're saying, hey, this is what we offer. This is who we are. When you're ready, when that moment is right, we'll be there for you. And so I think for me, you know, a lot of breaking down that stigma and gaining that trust is really being there. 
It's every day we're there, every second we're there. Hey, if you don't make it for five days in a row, we're there on the sixth. Hey, if you don't feel like it X amount of days, we're there the next day. You know, if you make it and it's challenging and you don't want to come back for a while, that's fine. We'll see you when you come back, you know, and really being that solid everyday fixture um, to help support people that need support in our community. This is my conversation with John Carp Evans with the Mental Health and Addictions Association of Oregon. We'll be back with more in a moment. You're listening to Prison Pipeline. I'm your host, Doug McVeigh. Now for the rest of my conversation with John Carp Evans, Senior Director of Program and Operations at the Behavioral Health Resource Center for the Mental Health and Addictions Association of Oregon. And I suppose that goes back to what you were saying about low barrier, low barrier, no barrier, as opposed to it just seems like we... We just, as a society, we just we build hurdles. We just mounted higher and higher hurdles to try, and 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 in between the hurdles, we throw, we got we got stuff to make people stumble. It's 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 it it's it's a ridiculous game. It seems sometimes we tr- we just try to make people fail. You the these the services you're talking about this this BHRC seems to want to make people succeed. Yeah. And I think we want to make sure we're there in the moment. Right. And, you know, I know from my personal life, um, I had several opportunities and finally took advantage of one. Right. And if I would have had one opportunity or if I would have been forced into an opportunity or, you know, folks would have gave up on me, um, A, I, who knows where I'd be, but I definitely wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now. Right. Um, And I think that's kind of the key. That is one of the keys to this is that how are we able to present an opportunity when an individual wants that opportunity, right? Versus forcing someone to say, you need to do this in this amount of time. And if you don't, we're not going to be there, right? It's the consistency. And I think, you know, when we talk about the 110, major 110, um, you know, I've had the luxury to be involved in this pilot project uh, with the Portland Police Bike Squad. Two days, um, they've been uh, stopping individuals for 110 violations. Um, They've been calling us. We immediately send peers in the community, on the street, to talk to individuals um, and really offer peer services, you know, and say, you know, we're not saying you're not getting a ticket. That's the police are dealing their process, right? We're not saying that. But, you know, the people that they're struggling with substance abuse are not the enemy. The police are not the enemy. How do we work together as a community to help solve some of these challenges we're seeing? Um, we've seen amazing success in the two days we've done this. We've been able to meet people, 110 violations, ticket or no ticket, offer peer services. We've been able to walk people in that moment immediately to the BHRC and help them sign up for ongoing peer services. We've been able to sign people up for peer services at appointments they want later. We've been able to connect people to culturally specific peer services. Uh, we've been able to offer detox beds in the moment. Uh, we've had individuals right then and there say, hey, are you ready for detox? And or even them say, hey, I just I need to go to detox. Right. Um, we've been able to get people in a car and drive them to detox in that moment and have them go through the detox process. And, and so really, it, it's been a continuation of the BHRC of really capitalizing on a moment when someone wants help versus saying, that's great. Here's a list. Here's a phone number. Uh, do these things. We'll see if we can fit you in when it's convenient. 
And, and again, this is, uh, we were talking earlier, there, uh, I know that Multnomah County uh, a few years ago elected to um, participate in the Law Enforcement Assisted Diversion Program, became one of the, uh, one of the, one of the sites for that. But this is, not, this is not part of the LEAD program. No, this is a program strictly with Portland Police and Peer um, non-clinical services, really meeting people in the community where they're at, offering support from an individual that has been in their shoes um, and can help support them through that journey, whatever that looks like for them. Voluntarily, non-forced option. Uh, this is a bit off track, I suppose, in some respects, but I just thought of it because I thought about the LEAD program. When I was, when they were introducing LEAD down here, I had the chance to interview a couple of folks about it. And one of the, um, one of the things that surprised the person I was talking to um, was the level of physical health needs that people who are unhoused and people... Um, people who are, uh, you know, people who use drugs, people who run house have, that they, that there are actually a number of very serious physical health needs that are going unaddressed in many respect, and many times people are self-medicating um, to deal with. Do you, are you able to um, give referrals to, uh, for folks for who, for physical health care? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, saying there's a lot of physical health care needs in the unhoused communities, an understatement. Um, I, I know for myself, when I was struggling with substance abuse, uh, going to see my primary care doctor was not on the list of things to do on a regular basis or ever. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we that's another thing at the BHRC we do on a regular basis. Uh, we have the luxury of having some community partners very close to us that have primary care primary care clinics that we actually walk folks to, um, you know, and so not only can we call, set up an appointment, uh, make sure the OHP is right and do all those things. We're also physically walking people to those clinics. Hey, this is where it is. This is what it feels like to sit in the waiting room. Um, you know, hey, if you have another appointment, come back and tell us. We can help get you to that appointment. So, yeah, it's one of the list of many referrals and linkage things we do at the BHRC to clinical services. That's terrific. That's that's absolutely terrific. Um, God, what have I not asked about asked you about yet that I should have? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, we've talked about a lot of good things and, and there are a lot of good things about it. Um, and I think that, you know, there's there's also challenges, right? Um, and and I, I think that, you know, there, there's lots of challenges in the work we do. Um, but the, the real challenge is, you know, we're working with human beings, right? And so when, when, you know, we're working with a human being and we treat someone like a human being, we can't. I can't expect things to happen in XYZ timeframe, XYZ system, right? And so, you know, the challenge of houselessness, of substance abuse, of mental health in our community is there's no one size fits all, right? There, there's no, hey, this is the solution. This works for every single individual. And so because of that, it takes time, it takes creativity, it takes multiple attempts. And so, you know, I, I think that's where this peer lens is so crucial. Uh, because for me, if I didn't have people in my life that did not give up, that were there over and over and over and over when, man, I, I'm I'm not sure why they were. I mean, I mean, I know that they cared about me, you know, but but if we don't have that approach and that kind of mindset, it's challenging. Right. And I think that's that's where I see this peer delivered role as so impactful, because when I can make an appointment with someone 
and they don't show up. Or I give out a ticket to get in the day center five days in a row and they don't show up. To me, that makes sense, right? Um, to some folks, that doesn't always make sense, right? And, and that's where this low barrier, no barrier thing is so crucial is that, you know, when I make it in that door, I want there to be a door that opens for me, right? I don't want to miss that opportunity five days in a row and then have a closed door when I get there. So, so you know, this challenge is that there's no perfect um, equation, framework, system. And so because of that, you know, the peer role is so effective, in my opinion, because if someone bails or misses an appointment or life happens, I'm, you know, houseless, man, things happen, right? Um, it, it's not, it's normal to me. It's not seen as, oh, this person should be canceled or taken off this list or done these things. It says, how do we open the door the same way the next time they show up? It's got to be the only way that we're, I mean, it's ultimately, that's the only way that works. We can either make people continue jumping through hoops and, and, you know, jump, 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 or we can try and help people, help people along, you know, treat them like human. So what you were saying, treating people like human beings. That's the, um, mm, that is so cool. Um, so now the BHRC, the Mental Health Association, Mental Health and Addictions Association of Oregon, I will get that right yet. Um, how can people find out about the work that y'all are doing on um, website, uh, the, 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 the social media, any of that kind of stuff? Uh, yes, all of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the website's the best place to go. Uh, Mental Health and Addiction Association, Oregon. Um, M-H-A-O, uh, M-H-A of Oregon.org um, is the spot. That's all our information jobs the services we offer links to our social media all those kind of things can be found on our website mha of oregon right on dot org right on um so um any uh any closing thoughts for our listeners and again, folks, we're speaking with John Carp Evans, a senior director of program and operations at the Behavioral Health Resource Center with the Mental Health and Addictions Association of Oregon. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I appreciate it. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, you know, thank you for helping, um, you know, spread the word and educating people. And I think, you know, that's really my closing thought is really it's about education, right? Um, you know, I had minimal knowledge even coming from, you know, a life of active addiction, knowing about how these services work, what works, what doesn't work, and really knowing the value of a peer lens, right? And so I think, you know, for me, you know, education so, so, so important, really. What is peer work? What does peer work look like? How is peer work impactful? And why is there this growing, um, Peer work's growing, right? Like it's becoming more and more mainstream. And, you know, there's a reason it works. And that reason is being able to meet that person eye to eye on a human level and being able to share that lived experience with them and how, you know, life's hard, right? Life's harder when you have some of these challenges in your life. But there's tons of people in our community that have been able to make it through it. And now we're just trying to pass that on to the next person in our community. Very cool. <sighs> Oh, well, you know, it's one of the things that drives me mad. It really is. It really is. We understand things like mentoring um, when it comes to business, you know, when you're trying to, um, when you, you know, an executive or a manager trying to move up. You have mentors, you have peers, and you have, you know, get help from people along the way. That's a normal thing. It's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's how people get ahead in business. We understand that when it comes to work. How is it that 
people have a tough time understanding that with um I don't see how people could have a tough time understanding that when it comes to something that's as important as this. I mean, this is life. Life's a lot more important than work, you know. And sometimes you need to have somebody who can help you along the way, who can show you because they were there. It's, ah. John Carp Evans, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. That was my conversation with John Carp Evans, Senior Director of Program and Operations at the Behavioral Health Resource Center for the Mental Health and Addictions Association of Oregon. And for now, that's it. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Prison Pipeline. I've been your host, Doug McVeigh. Prison Pipeline is a volunteer production for Community Radio, syndicated via the Pacifica Foundation Radio Network's Audio Port Service. Please support your local community radio station. Become a member. Become a volunteer. Find this and other installments of Prison Pipeline on the web at kboo.fm slash prison pipeline. You'll also find a link there to subscribe to the Prison Pipeline podcast. Join us again next week for another edition of Prison Pipeline. For now, this is Doug McVeigh saying so long. So long. Just a so long. Soul losing tension.